In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Christos vos cresce, vosina vos cresce. Christos anesti, elitos anesti. I greet you today on this bright Monday of the glorious week of Pascha. And I greet you from Holy Transfiguration Orthodox Church in Crawfordsville, Indiana where our mission is to experience and share the love of Jesus Christ in a traditional Orthodox Christian community growing in godliness. Thank you for joining me for this study again. We are on the 11th class of this study, which is titled Above and Beyond, The Awesome Biblical Orthodox View of Existence. We last, last week began talking about the life of Joseph, Joseph, who was the eleventh uh, son of Jacob, Jacob, who was the son of Isaac, along with his brother Esau, and Isaac, the son of Abraham and Sarah, and Abraham, a descendant of Shem, who was the son of Noah, who descended about nine generations from Adam, who was created by God. <clears throat> so we look at the life of Joseph, and it's really one of the most remarkable stories in the Bible. Next to the life of Christ himself, it is perhaps the most remarkable story. Joseph was the uh, beloved son of Jacob and Rachel, and he had a younger brother named Benjamin. His older, his older brothers were kind of an unruly gang who uh, were jealous of, jo of Joseph, sold him into slavery, Joseph ended up uh, in Egypt in slavery in a uh, man's home, and he became such a trusted servant of that man that he was pretty much put in charge of the man's house. Then uh, he was falsely accused of uh, adultery of, uh, or trying to seduce the man's wife, so he was thrown into jail, where he immediately gained the trust of the jailer who put him in charge of the jail. And then through uh, his ability to interpret dreams, he was able to finally end up in a place of authority in the government of Egypt, put in charge of helping Egypt survive a famine, and uh, he becomes the greatest man in Egypt next to Pharaoh himself. And now we are joining the story where Joseph is overseeing the country during this famine, and the brothers of Joseph end up coming to Egypt because they've heard that there is corn in Egypt. So they come and they bow down before Joseph, fulfilling the prophetic dream that Joseph had as a young child. Uh, and uh, so now they are at the mercy of Joseph. And... Um, Joseph is, he recognizes them immediately, and he is uh, putting together a plan to find out just what kind of men his brothers have become. And uh, so that's, what the, that's where we pick up the story today. So the brothers um, came to Egypt and, and got a lot of corn to take back to their father, Jacob. And Joseph told them 
not to come back without their younger brother, Benjamin. He didn't know the name, but he told them that he did not want them to come back without him. Just look at the story and exactly how it goes. So Joseph tested them. He accused them of being spies. And so he said that he would want, was going to keep one of them as a prisoner and that they were to go back to their father and bring back their younger son, the younger, youngest brother, Benjamin. So they went back to, jo- to Jacob and told him the story. The famine continued in the land, and the time came when Jacob and his sons had eaten up the grain which they had brought from Egypt, and their father said to them, Go again, buy us a little food. In other words, they ate all the grain they got from the first trip. Meanwhile, one of the brothers brothers is still back in, uh, in Egypt. And so they tell him, they tell their father they cannot go back without Benjamin. Of course, Jacob does not want to to risk losing his son, but finally he gives in because they're going to starve to death. So the men took presents, and they took double money in their hand. They took also Benjamin and started off and went down to Egypt. They came and stood before Joseph. Joseph saw Benjamin with them, and he said to the ruler of his house, Take these men, take these men home, kill some meat, And make it ready, for these men will dine with me at noon. The servant did as Joseph told him, and took the brothers to Joseph's house. The men were afraid when they were brought into Joseph's house, and they said, It is because of the money that was returned in our sacks the first time that we have been brought here, so that he may find fault with us, and fall upon us, and take us for slaves, and seize all of our livestock. In other words, what Joseph had done is when they paid for their grain, He had his servants put all their money back into their bags. And when they discovered this, they were really afraid because they they couldn't understand how that money ended up in their bags and they were afraid they were going to be accused of stealing. So they approached the steward of Joseph's house and they spoke to him in the doorway. Oh, sir, they said, truly, we came down the first time only to buy food. But when we went back and opened our sacks, behold, every man's money was in the mouth of his sack, our money in full amount, so we have brought it back with us. We have brought other money down too to buy food. We do not know who put the money in our sacks. Peace be with you, said the steward. Fear not, your God, the God of your father, gave you the treasure in your sacks. I received your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. So Simeon was the one who had been left behind as a hostage. And Simeon was restored to them. The man took the brothers into Joseph's house and he gave them water to wash their feet. And he gave food to their asses, to their donkeys and their their livestock. Meanwhile, they prepared the presents to give to Joseph when he came at noon, for they had been told that they were to eat there. So Joseph has invited them to this big dinner. When Joseph came home, they brought him the presents which they had brought into the house and they bowed themselves down to the earth before him. So again, we see the fulfillment of this dream of Joseph as his brothers bowed down before him. He asked them how they were and said, 
Is your father well? The old man of whom you spoke, is he still alive? Your servant, our father, is in good health, they said. He is still alive. And they bowed down their heads respectfully. Lifting up his eyes, Joseph saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son. Remember, now this is Rachel only had two sons. The other ten were from Leah, the wife that Jacob worked for for seven years the first time, who he did not love. Rachel was the, the wife he worked for the second time for seven years, and she was the one that he loved. And she had two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. So when Joseph saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother, his own mother's son, he said, Is this the youngest brother of whom you told me? Then he said, Be God, God be gracious to you, my son. Then Joseph hurried away, for his heart yearned for his brother, and he sought a place to weep. He went into his room, and he wept there. Then he washed his face and calmed himself and went out and said, Serve the food. The servants served him separately, and the Egyptians and the brothers by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate also by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that was against the laws of the Egyptians. Now the brothers sat before Joseph in order, from the firstborn according to his birthright down to the youngest according to his youth. The men looked at one another in wonderment. How did, how did it come to be that they were seated in their birth order? Of course, Joseph knew who they were and knew their order. Joseph sent servings to them from his table, and Benjamin's serving was five times as much as any of the others. They drank and were merry with him. Then Joseph gave orders to the stewards of his house, saying, Fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry, and put every man's money in his sack's mouth, and put my cup, the silver cup, in the mouth of the sack of the youngest with his grain money, had a special cup, solid silver. And it was his own personal cup, the one he drank from. Told him to put that cup in the sack of the youngest, in Benjamin's sack, with his grain money. So the steward did everything Joseph had told him. As soon as the morning was light, the men were sent away, they and their donkeys, and their camels, and all their animals. When they had left the city, but were not far off, Joseph said to his steward, Up, follow the men. When you have overtaken them, say to them, Why have you returned evil for good? Is not this the cup from which my Lord drinks, and which he uses in making prophecies? In doing this you have done evil. The steward overtook them, and he spoke to them the words of Joseph. But they said to him, Why does my Lord say these things? God forbid that your servants should do anything like this. Behold, the money we found in our sacks' mouths we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. Why then would we steal silver or gold out of your Lord's house? Let whoever among us is found to have this object die, and the rest of us will be your Lord's slaves. He made a bold statement there. The steward said, Let it be as you say. He who is found to have it shall be my slave. 
but the rest of you shall be blameless. In other words, he's saying, we will keep as a slave the one who has the cup in their possession. The rest of you shall be blameless. Then each man speedily put down his sack on the ground, and each man opened his sack. The steward searched beginning with the eldest and finishing with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. (laughs) Oh boy. Joseph's brothers tore their clothes in grief. Then each man loaded their donkey again, and they returned to the city. Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house and found him there. They fell down before him on the ground. Joseph said to them, What is this that you have done? Do you not know that a man like me can see through these things? What shall we say to my Lord, answered Judah? How shall we speak and how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the wickedness of your servants. They are repenting. They are taking this calamity this tragedy, this horrible circumstance, which they had no control over, and they're viewing it as God's judgment on their sins, their hidden sin, especially their sin of hating their brother Joseph and selling him into slavery. I'd like to make a point at this right now about how we should respond to tragedies. You know, consider the one that we're going through right now with the coronavirus uh, pandemic and everything that's happened. We as Christians should always view adverse circumstances as a judgment from God. And we should look deep into our hearts and repent whatever sin we may have committed. It may be a sin totally unrelated to the current controversy or current crisis, but we should always take the difficulties life of, of life as an opportunity to look deep into our own hearts and repent of whatever sin we have committed. And that's what is happening with these men. And this is part of why Joseph orchestrates this whole situation not only to find out what kind of men they are, his brothers, but also to give them the opportunity to make things right. So, What shall we say to my Lord, answered Judah? How shall we speak and how shall we clear ourselves? God has found out the wickedness of your servants. Behold, we shall be my Lord's slaves, all of us as well as he in whose sack the cup was found. In other words, they're offering themselves as slaves. Even though the cup was found in Benjamin's sack, they're all of them offering themselves as slaves to Joseph. God forbid that I should demand that, Joseph said. The man in whose hand the cup was found, he shall be my slave. As for the rest of you, go in peace up to your father. He's giving them the opportunity to skate free. All ten of them just go on back to to, uh, their father, Jacob, leave Benjamin with Joseph. To leave him as a slave just as they left Joseph as a slave in that pit in Canaan. 
This is the moment of decision for their lives, a moment of repentance or a moment of damnation. Which will it be for them? What will they do? Then Judah came closer to him and said, O my Lord, I beg of you, let your servant speak a word in my Lord's ear. Do not let your anger burn against your servant, even though you are as powerful as Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servants, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father and an old man, and in his old age he had a child, a little boy whose brother is dead, and he alone is left of his mother. His father loves him. <clears throat> then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, that I may have a look at him. We said to my Lord, The lad cannot leave his father. For if he should leave his father, his father would die. You said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, you shall not see my face again. <clears throat> so when we came up to your servant, my father, we told him your words. And our father said, Go again and buy us a little food. We said, We cannot go. Only if our youngest brother is with us can we go. For we may not see the man's face if our youngest brother is not with us. And your servant, my father, said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One I lost, and surely he was torn to pieces. I have not seen him since. If you take this one from me too, and any harm befalls him, you will bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to the grave. Now therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and he sees the lad is not with us, his life being bound up with the lad's life, he shall surely die. And your servants will have brought down their father to the grave with sorrow. For your servant took upon him responsibility for the lad. Judah had taken personal responsibility for Benjamin, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall bear the blame forever. Judah steps up and really becomes a man in this story. Judas says, Now therefore I beg of you, let your servant stay instead of the lad, a slave to my Lord. In other words, Judah is offering his life for Benjamin's life. And let the lad go home with his brothers, for how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me, and see the grief that would come upon my father? The brothers, represented by Judah, are being redeemed by Joseph. They have risen to the occasion. They have chosen repentance over damnation. All of this is more than Joseph can bear. His heart is so full of love and joy and affection for his brothers, and especially his youngest brother, Benjamin, that he cannot restrain himself. So Joseph could not restrain himself any longer before all of them and stood around him. He cried, Let everyone leave me. So the Egyptians departed. Every, everybody except the family stayed in the room. So Joseph was there with his, his 11 brothers. So the Egyptians departed and Joseph made himself known to his brothers. But he wept aloud 
and the Egyptians and Pharaoh's household heard. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? His brothers could not answer, for they were all overcome with fear. Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me, I beg you. They came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not grieve, nor be angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God has sent me here ahead of you to save your lives. Joseph said, What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And my children in Christ, this is so true in many things in life. Things that appear to be evil or the world puts upon us, situations that come to us, can be turned into good if we trust in God and if we give our lives to God. In the Holy Scriptures in the New Testament, says that all things work to the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So Joseph is telling his brothers this. Do not grieve nor be angry with yourselves because you sold me here, for God has sent me here ahead of you to save your lives. For two years now the famine has been in the land, and there are five more years to come in which there shall be neither tilling nor harvest. God sent me here ahead of you to preserve your families on the earth and to save your lives. Therefore, it was not really you that sent me here, but God, and he has made me an advisor to Pharaoh and lord of his household and a ruler throughout the land of Egypt. Hurry now and go up to my father, and you will say to him, Your son Joseph says, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me without delay. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, where you shall be near me, you, your children, and your children's children, your flocks and your herds and all you own. And I will nourish you here, for there are still five years of famine to come, and you and your household would know poverty otherwise. Now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin can see that it is really I who speak to you. You are to tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all of you have seen. Go and hurry, bring my father down here. He embraced Benjamin, his brother, and he wept, and Benjamin wept. Then he kissed all his brothers and wept with them, and after that his brothers talked with him. So the news of this great event was heard in Pharaoh's house. Joseph's brothers have come. This pleased Pharaoh well, and his servants were well pleased. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Save your brothers, load your beasts, and go. Hurry up to the land of Canaan. Get your father and your households, and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat of the fat of the land. Give these orders. Take wagons up from Egypt for your little ones and your wives, and bring your father and come back. Do not bring with you your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt shall be yours. Pharaoh is being so gracious to the house of Jacob. And this is a fulfillment of a great prophecy in the Old Testament. But they are being brought into Egypt to be saved from the famine. 
Therefore Joseph gave his brothers wagons and gave them provisions for the journey. To each of them he gave changes of clothing, but to Benjamin he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of clothing. To his father he sent these gifts, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, ten other donkeys loaded with corn and bread and meat for his provisions on the journey. Then he sent his brothers away and they left. He said to them, see that you do not have any trouble on the way and do not quarrel. He's chiding his brothers to not quarrel with each other, to behave themselves. They went out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan. He wants them not to, not to worry that he is going to take retribution on them. So, he, so they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to Jacob their father. They told him all, saying, Joseph is still alive. He is the governor of the land of Egypt. Jacob's heart grew faint, for he could not believe it. But they told him every word Joseph had said to them. And when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob revived. He said, It is enough that Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go up and see him before I die. So Jacob then left for Beersheba, and with everything he owned, offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. We see again this sacrifice worship, this love for God that is built into this family to every generation. So then God speaks to Jacob, says, Jacob, Jacob, here I am, said Jacob. God said, I am the God of your father. Do not fear to go down into Egypt, for I will establish you there as a great nation. I will go down with you into Egypt, and I will surely bring you up again. Joseph shall put his hand upon your eyes. Jacob departed from Beersheba, and his sons carried their father, their little ones, and their wives, and the wagons which the Pharaoh had sent to carry them. They took their cattle and the goods which they had acquired in the land of Canaan, And so Jacob came into Egypt and all his kindred with him, his sons and the sons of his sons, his daughters and his sons' daughters. All of them he brought with him into Egypt. Jacob came into the land of Goshen and Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet his father. He presented himself to him and he fell on his neck and he wept on his neck a good while. Jacob said to Joseph, Now I may die, since I have seen your face and know you are still alive. Joseph took five of his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh spoke to them, saying, What is your occupation? And they answered, We are shepherds. We pray you on account of the famine in Canaan to let us dwell in Goshen. Then Pharaoh turned to Joseph and said, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and your brothers dwell in the best part of the land of Goshen. If you know any men of great value among them, make them overseers of the cattle that belong to me. Then Joseph brought in Jacob his father and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. This is a remarkable comment. Jacob, this old man from Canaan with 12 sons, who is he compared to Pharaoh? He's coming to Pharaoh to be saved from the famine, to 
be brought into Egypt so they can Egypt so they can eat and not die from starvation. Who is this man? He's brought in before Pharaoh, the ruler of the nation of Egypt, and Jacob blesses Pharaoh. What does this mean? This means that God has his hand upon Jacob. God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is the God who has blessed this nation, this young nation, consisting of Jacob and his 12 sons and their wives and children. And God's blessing is upon him. And through him, someday, God is going to bless the whole world through his son, his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, the eternal Word of the Father, eternal only begotten Son of the Father from before all ages, who took on flesh and received his human nature from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and their descendants. God will bless the whole world through Jacob, and Jacob here is blessing Pharaoh. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen.